Hey, welcome back to Investment Fund Secrets. I'm Bridger Payton. Today, we are going to talk about how to find good partners. I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around. And now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it with no investors and without an Ivy League degree? This podcast is going to give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. Hey, welcome back to Investment Fund Secrets. I'm Bridger Pennington. So today we're going to talk about how to find good partners. So I've recently been doing lots of one-on-one coaching calls and interviews. Um, I have a little thing you can you can buy a kind of a coaching call with me. So I've been talking to a lot of you guys that have, are listening on the podcast, and this question comes up a lot: Is Bridger how do I find good partners? Because I always teach, I teach the principle that every fund has three distinct pieces. So piece number one is the money raiser. Number two is the um, fund manager. And number three is the investor slash expert. And I say every fund needs these three pieces and you can be all three of them. You can be two of the three. You can be one of the three, or maybe in a big fund, you're a slice of the three, right? But you need all three parts. So a lot of people kind of say, Bridger, I, I really have this great investment strategy but I have no clue how to run a fund or manage money. And I'd love to get partners for those two spots. And I say, great. I, yeah, let's, let's help find those types of people and vice versa. Some people say, I can, I can raise a ton of money, but I just don't know how to find the expert investor and fund manager to, to manage and deploy the money. So we have this question a lot of how to find good partners. And I want to tell you a quick story and that I promise it'll circle back and it'll, it makes sense in the end, but something, um, an analogy a lot of people use, a lot of successful business people that I've talked to and interviewed on the podcast and other places have all said, your business partners are almost like your spouse, right? Because you're going to see them more than your spouse. Um, you're going to make crucial decisions with them. I mean, you really got to trust your business partners. Um, it's almost like a marriage. And I remember growing up, maybe some of your parents and, and moms had this you know, gave you this advice. My mom always gave me this advice since I was little. She'd always say, Bridger, one day when you get married, remember this one thing is you need to be the type of person that you want to marry. She said, Bridger, you can't expect if you're going to be 450 pounds and overweight, you can't expect your wife to be skinny and fit and working out all the time, right? Cause she's not going to want to date you because you're not to her level. Vice versa, if you're not going to go to school or if you're not going to work hard in life, if you want to just sit home and eat potato chips and watch TV, you can't expect your wife to be the one going out and working hard and raising the kids and doing all those things. You got to be on the same level as her. And so, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard that same principle of you've got to be the type of person that you want to marry. And I want to tell you a quick story about how I actually met my wife. So a little love story here. Um, we'll dive in. Hopefully you guys will like this. But so me and my wife, we actually grew up on the same street together. Um, our whole lives. So we grew up in Sandy, Utah, um, just a normal little spot. I, I think she moved in when I was seven years old and she was, I think five years old and we grew up on the same street. We never moved, um, our entire lives from that street. And I was friends with her older brother. We played football together. We knew their family well. And I, um, graduated high school. And what I did, um, I'm a, a member of the church, Jesus Christ, Saturday Saints. And so we go on what things called missions. You've probably seen missionaries before. So you get called to a random place in the world. You don't know where you're going. So I got called to Taiwan, um, just right off the coast of China. 
and I spoke Mandarin Chinese on my mission. So I had to learn Chinese and you go out there and it's, it's really cool for two years or 18 months, you actually get to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then you also do service. You do a lot of service. You're helping build homes and sweep up people's places and, and any type of service you can get your hands on. And it's very intense when you go on a mission, you don't have contact with your family at home. Um, your, your days are very regimented. Like you wake up at six 30, you work out, you have study time and then you go and you go out and then you preach and you eat and you come home at night at like 10 PM and you just fall asleep because you're so tired. And you do that every single day. Um, you don't, you don't have a cell phone. You don't call home. I mean, it's, you're very, it's kind of cool because you're isolated and it's a time of extreme growth. And so anyways, I went on my mission. I came home, me and Lauren, my wife at the time, she had graduated high school and we started dating. And I thought she was super cute and we really like each other and going on a mission is optional. And she comes to me one day and she's like, Bridger, I really want to go on a mission. I was like, okay, yeah, that's great. Um, I, I'll miss you though. Like, are you really, do you really want to leave us? Cause we're dating and, and um, things are going well. And she's like, I don't know. And she was back and forth and ended up deciding to go on a mission. So she went to Portugal and it kind of broke my heart. I was like, Oh my gosh, she left. She's going to be gone for 18 months now. What am I going to do? And actually in that time I started my fund, um, because I was like, screw that. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, um, and it's on the same principle of, I want to be the type of person that she wants to marry when she comes home. So I looked at my life and said, when she's on her mission, she's going to go through this extreme growth period. Cause you're, you are working hard every day. You're so focused and ice kind of isolated where you can study and grow. Um, it's an incredible self-development thing. If, if somebody's listening that is considering going on a mission here, I would highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's, um, in your early twenties, 18 months or two years just to grow like crazy. And so I knew she was going to have this huge, huge growth. And so I didn't want her to come home from her mission after 18 months. Be like, Man, Bridger, you didn't really do much with your life in the last 18 months, but I did a lot. Like I was I was, we built houses and we were helping these orphans. We taught English, you know, like all these different cool things. Right. And I was like, okay, I've got to really step it up to be the type of person that she wants to marry when she gets home. So I set all these goals. And like I said before, I started, I like, I was like, I want to start a super successful business and it goes back. And that's the same time period where I, I started my first fund. And, um, and I said, not just that though, I want to be, um, in, in way good shape. Cause on your mission, they have like a really regimented, like workout, um, you know, time every day. And, and a lot of people get, and I knew she would get really fit and really strong. So I was like, okay, I want to be super fat. I want to be below 7% body fat. And I set other goals of how much money I was going to make, what kind of car I was going to drive, like this whole thing. Like, and, um, and <laughs> anyways, when she came home from her mission, I had checked off of, of quite a few of these goals. And, um, anyway, she came home and she met me. She's like, Oh my gosh, you've done so much. And I've done so much. This is so great. And we ended up getting, um, we kept dating after she came home and cause it's been a long time since we've seen each other kept dating. We ended up getting married, which is awesome. And, um, we're doing great. And I just love my life. I love her so much. But that being said, I think the same principle applies to your partners. You need to be the type of partner that your dream partners would want to partner with. So for instance, and a lot, I always talk on here, you don't need to go to Harvard. You don't need to go to, to Wall Street, but a lot of your partners maybe are at Harvard right now or at Wall Street, right? Why would they want to partner with you? It's an honest question. You got to ask yourself, why would someone that's a Harvard graduate want to partner with me? And you have got to figure out some way that you can add value. And I've actually partnered with quite a few people, um, 
and I kind of surprised me. I like a few years ago, I was 21 and I partnered with two guys that were in their mid forties and we started doing real estate together. These guys were twice my age and they wanted to partner with me. And it was because I had come up with an awesome opportunity for them and I had good online marketing skills and I, I knew how to work a computer. <laughs> they didn't really know. They were really good at real estate though, but I had a good opportunity and I had good connections as well. I'd met a few people that I could connect with them with and we became three-way partners. Two guys in their late mid forties had been really successful in their careers um, wanted to partner with me, right? So you got to ask yourself, what do you add? If someone approached you, why would they, why would they want to pick you over 10 other people? that they could potentially partner with. So you got to bring some type of good opportunity, good skill, good connection, some type of value add to their life. Just like I was saying with my wife, like I, I said, okay. And same with marriage. Marriage is a, um, a very, I guess it's a very selfless thing, but at the same time, everyone is very self-interested in everything they do in life. That's just human nature, right? We want to increase or do better or feel good. Even when you do service, right. To help other people, you do that because you want to make the world a better place. And it makes you feel really good too. Sometimes like that's how I am. Sometimes service is a little bit selfish for me. Cause I'm like, I just want to get those good feelings inside and make, you know, service just helps a lot of problems in your life. Um, I think a lot of most things we do in life are very self-interested, especially starting a business, right? Starting a fund. So when these guys are thinking, how do you benefit my life when they're looking at a partner? So if you can go out and learn skills like this right now, you're listening to this podcast or going and you're in the mini course for investment fund secrets. You're learning that center circle of how a fund works, the fund structure, how to manage capital calls and distributions and taxes and all the above, right? How to file with the SEC. You're learning all of that so that you can add that to someone. And I've had a lot of people pitch me like this. Hey, Bridger, I don't know one thing about the SEC. I don't know any of the laws. I just have this really good trading strategy. Can you just help me put a fund behind it? And I say, yeah, great. So I add value to them. They add value to me and we make a great partnership. Um, so think through your skills of what you can add and try to, to decide. And you got to be really honest with yourself of where you're at, right? If you're, <laughs> use a metaphor, if you're 400 pounds and overweight and eating chips every day, you got to change that, right? And if you're lazy and you haven't, you don't read books, you don't really consume things and you're listening to a podcast right now, it means you're probably not doing that, but you got to think through what type of partners you want to, you want to, attract from your experience and your connections. Um, how can you, I think a connections is a really easy way to do it is start going to those, um, investment club meetups or real estate investment club meetups, whatever they are in your area and city and entrepreneur meetups, start making connections with people that you can then add value to your partners of saying, Oh, I know this person, I know this person, this person could come help us. That is a huge way to add value. And lastly, I want to say, is this. And I was talking to a gentleman, um, a mentor of mine is an awesome guy. He sold seven businesses, um, multiple and seven figures, I think one or two and eight figures and one and nine figure business that he sold. Um, and he currently is on the board of directors for a multi-billion dollar company right now. He's just a really impressive guy. One of my mentors, love him to death. And he said, Bridger, I've started and run a lot of business. He's, he's in his late sixties. Um, he said, Bridger, you need to date your partner's and I was like, what do you mean? Like, how, how long do you want me to date him? He says, you need to date him as long as you dated your wife. That's the amount of time that you need to figure out these people. You got to see them in different situations, how they respond to different events in their life. How do they work over the holidays? How are they with family? Um, are they reliable? Are they have integrity? Can you trust them? Um, that was one of his biggest advice. He says, Bridger, because when you get in these contracts and when you get locked up with a business partner and they 
turn out to not be very honest or turn out to not have integrity or turn out to not um, work well with others. And you didn't know that before. It is almost as hard to, to separate as like a divorce. It's almost the same process, right? You're hiring lawyers, you're, you know, arguing, you're going back and forth to try to separate or change things is, is fairly hard. She said, Bridger, when you're starting a, a big business, like a fund, make sure to be wise when you pick your partners. Anyways, that's all I got today. Um, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you guys do great. Um, go help spread and love, <laughs> help spread goodness around the world. Um, do good things for others. Love you all. Peace. Hey, what's going on? I know a lot of you out there are starting funds or thinking about starting funds and something I was so grateful for was having mentors. When I started my first fund, I had people to turn to and to ask questions. And so what I've decided to do is make the same thing for you. So what we've done is compiled a lot of interviews, things that I've learned, my personal pitch decks that I've used to pitch investors and put it all into what I call a mini vault. So in there, I deep dive into Forex funds, into real estate funds, how to structure them, how to structure deals, how to find investors. And I try to go deep to help mentor you to help you start your first fund. And in addition to that, we have a private members group on Facebook that fund managers are getting together on there and talking and working through problems together. So if this is interesting to you. If you wanna get involved and get some help right off the ground, go to investmentfundsecrets.com for less than hundred bucks, you can get started and get into the mini vault. And I would love to see you in there on the Facebook group and talk with us. Thanks, see ya.